Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation and you take it from there. Today we are in part 14 and this is the ministry. <laughs> Not ministry, it is the ministry. And so uh, did a little Googling this morning and wanted to look up and see what uh, Google tells us that uh, minister means. And so um, the word minister, as it is defined uh, by whatever Google uses, I don't actually know what the default is there, but is attend to the needs of, and in, in parentheses, um, was someone. So to attend to the needs of. So within the church, there are various roles, uh, the bishop, uh, laity, priests, deacon, um, along with priest was presbyter. Presbyter, which is a question that'll come up later, but I want to talk about just kind of the different roles or the the calling of different roles in the church, and um, we'll just go in order of what the Book of Common Prayer has and start with laity. So I, I'm gonna everyone could go and read um, what it says in there. Uh, it's on page 855, and interesting thing is is uh, each one of them begins with the same line, and it says the ministry of, and insert the role, laypersons, for example, is to represent Christ and his church. Each one of them starts off with that. So that's interesting that there is a same um, role within that, and then it breaks out into more detail. So to you all, and I'll start with Everett, what is, what, what's, what is the m- most important role of the laity? And let me give you a quick example. Um, um, no, you know what? I'll start there. Let, let's go with what's the most important role of, and you could take important off of it if you want to, but what's the role of the laity? Go. Well, let me, let me start um, maybe just in, in saying something about just being called to ministry okay. is that, that all, you know, all of us are called to ministry mm, good. and, we're going to be called in different ways and we're going to have different gifts. Right. I mean, um, you know, there are people who, who, you know, are better, you know, who, who are great teachers. There's other people who would be really great, you know, sort of in, you know, showing pastoral care and love to people. There, there are people who are really great at just organizing, you know, things. And, and, and each of those are callings and giftedness given by God and giftedness is given for, the whole, right? Uh, and and uh, you know, Paul talks about this. You know that that each one of us, you know, has a different part to play, and we don't all have the same part. But by all of us playing the particular part that we have been given, the the the, the church flourishes and the gospel is proclaimed. Hmm. So I just want to start by saying that I think the key thing is understanding that all of us have a role. And sometimes that takes some discernment to know what our role is, because there's things that we may want to do that we don't have the giftedness to do. And there are things that we may have the giftedness to do, but we don't necessarily want to do it. Interesting. Okay. Tom, you want to add to that?
Tom. He disappeared on us. He may have had to. He may have had Can you to. hear me? Yeah, there he is. All right. <laughs> my mute button was pushed. <laughs> I, I think at first Peter 2 9, uh, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So I think all of us, I mean, everyone in the church is called to be Christ, you know, mm-hmm. in their communities and their families. So. They're the minister. I mean, they're the the front line of ministry to the world, uh, sent out to serve. Hmm. I would. It's the job of all Christians. Right, and I would say that um, I don't know. I, I feel like I did not know that um, for a very long time, and I didn't understand that, um, which. You know, looking back, seems like, really? You know, that's something that was, you know, not, but I, I, I'm not blaming others more so than myself or lack of attention. <laughs> but um, I'm grateful that it was taught to me later uh, because, you know, in my head, you show up to church and you, you know, check the box and you're out. Um, and church is where you go to act good, quote fingers. And so, um, the laity, meaning the, um, what you define that as like non-ordained. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Although Mm. they've also had their hands laid on them by a bishop if they're confirmed. Ah, good point. Good point. Um, so I think it's something too, that it's just not, you know, uh, a movie theater. You just don't go sit down to get entertained and, you know, eat the popcorn, (laughs) have Jesus snacks. Um, but it is something that we are all participating in, in our, our calling. And as Everett alluded to sharing our gifts, what do you feel, um, Tom, and I'll come to you with this one. What do you, what do you feel kind of based on what I just said that, um, within laity and I, this may have been already answered, but what is not understood in that, or, or what, what do you feel like is missed in this role or this calling? Is there anything that you would like to you wish people knew I'll just stop there I wish people knew how important they were in the life of the church hmm. the church won't grow or do well if the laity the people in the church don't take ownership for it hmm. I look at my job is they're the royal priesthood and my job is to equip them to be light and salt in this community. So we have to we have to do a better job of communicating that with our parishioners. Hmm. We they kind of we, we default to the priest so much father knows best but uh that's not or mother and that's not um the way it should be. Indeed. Isn't that a Mary Poppins song? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can't remember. Something something Disney. Um, right. Uh I you know, and and Thank you, Everett. Yeah. I you know, it <laughs> Bishop Andy Doyle um has a, a talk that, that he gives and I listen to uh, on his um uh, you know, sermon podcast, but it was actually a 
a lecture talking about the church. And one of the interesting things he talks about there is that we sort of silo um, Christian laity um, in really narrow ways. And so, you know, if you were to go and ask, you know, the average, you know, Episcopalian, hey, what's your ministry at your church? You know, they might say, oh, well, I read and I greet and, you know, I teach Sunday school and I'm on the coffee committee. <laughs> and he says, you know, all those things are, are, are really great, but the place where that they have the most impact on their, uh, uh, in their Christian life and discipleship and witness is the boards that they belong to, the classrooms they teach in, um, you know, the patient rooms where they're visiting somebody. And he says, if we really want to unleash Christian witness and the role of the laity is to see that, yes, you have ministries in the church service, but that is just a small fraction of your Christian witness and ministry. So clarifying questions, silo, um, explain what, what does that mean? Like pigeonhole kind of, <laughs> it's like well, narrowing so like, it down too far. Na- like, like narrowly defining, like, if, you know, okay. if I, if I said, Hey, Justin, what's your, what's your Christian, you know, what's your, what's your church ministry? And you go, Oh, you know, I, 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 I read and I, I, I love it when I get a chance to read or, or, Man, I, I really enjoy serving, um, you know, the chalice on Sunday mornings. You know, that just there's something really powerful about that, and that's like it's great. Right. That's great. But you know, y- you also Monday through Friday, okay. you know, are running and leading a company, right. interacting with, you know, employees and customers and all that, and those. So, so the classrooms and the boards you referred to were secular out in the world. Those, right. those, what we do out in the world is right. where Andy's saying that um, we really show our power. Nah, power's a bad word, but you know what I mean. Example, whatever. Yes. Okay, good. Anything to add to that? And talk, I think, talk, yep, cool. I think any priests, priests listening to this in our in our church need to we need to take a self-evaluation and we need to ask ourselves is this my church or is this the people's church because mm. priests come and go but hopefully the people stay and we hurt the church when we squeeze our hands too tight and we want to have control over everything yes we have to let our hands loose we have to trust the laity to lead ministries, to teach. That's the only way the church will move forward. Yes. We have, we have to get away from the idea that everything has to be filtered through the priest. Every decision, every uh, move the church makes. We have to trust. Part of leadership is trusting people and delegating and letting go, you know. So we need to do a better job of that. And realizing that, that people might, you know, I mean, I don't want to throw someone under the bus. Um, I, I There was a friend of mine who served in a church 
and their minister came to them and said, hey, we want to set up this, you know, scholarship fund and I need, I want you to go and figure out how we're going to do it. And so she went and, you know, you know, explored different places that had done this and went back to her, you know, you know, her pastor, uh, what, this wasn't Episcopal and, um, and, and the person t- well, that's not how I would do it. And <laughs> you know, just, just all the work that this person had done completely, you know, threw it out the window. Um, and I, and, and, and I hear those accounts way too often. Mm. it's uh, okay so i mean it's it's also hard to watch a fish on shore <laughs> gasping for breath and just you know just failing <laughs> sometimes you got to take that fish and throw it back in the water so um that's the other thing. So do you, um, and I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this, but it, it's so hard to sit and watch something fail or just go, you know, wrong um, without getting involved. And maybe that's my controlling personality. And I, I will be the first to say that I'm not great at delegating when it comes to certain areas. Um, I mean, I'm just, it's terrible. Um, and you know what, and that, and that is not just in ministry that is in the world because, um, you know, it's just like, well, I'll just do it myself, <laughs> you know, which is a curse of just like, well, you know, it would take me 20 minutes to explain it to someone and hopefully they get it right. But it takes me 10 minutes to do it myself. And that is something that I have to, you know, get past. So what do you do? I mean, do you just set it and forget it and, task someone and, and let it go or what? How's that work? <laughs> you have to give people freedom to fail. Yeah. And I, I mean, we've had that freedom a lot. So, <laughs> but, uh, but I know what you mean. I'm terrible at it too with small tasks. Mm. Um, something that would just take me 20 minutes to do. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to delegate that stuff. Yeah. But it's important. It is. I, I agree. I mean, because we learn from, oh man, there was a great prayer I did um, on Thanksgiving and from the Book of Common Prayer, and it and it was doing a Thanksgiving for our failures and how we were, you know, directed and learned from them and reminded that we are, you know, dependent upon Christ. And it was just such a great thing that we, as a culture, we're just, you know, failures the worst. Right. Um, you're canceled if you fail. <laughs> you know, so so it's so hard. Um, well, and, and, and that's, you know, one of the prayers that I, I, I really love the, the best is a prayer for um, for children that's in the prayer book. And then it, it, it's that, you know, yeah, for you, see, you know, Father, you see your children growing up in an unsteady and changing world. Allow them to see failure you know, as an opportunity to grow. And I, I'm not saying it nearly as, as, as well as the, the prayer book prayer writers don't have it in front of me, but, but, but it specifically asked for like, like it, it, it is okay to fail. Hmm. Hmm. 
Indeed. Indeed. And it sounds like the leaders are the ones who need to <laughs> recognize that the most. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay. All right. So let's let's move on to um, to Bishop. Um, what's the bishop's role in in your words, Tom? Let's start with you. What's what's um, what's the bishop's role and purpose? To teach, to um, hold their diocese together or their city together. Originally, the bishop was over was you know the leader of a city. Um, Practically speaking, their job is to uh, manage or see that the affairs of the church are managed, which could mean making sure, like the priests that are sent to parishes, have you know <coughs> gone through safeguard. You know, have the have the the structure in place to make sure everyone's done what they're supposed to do. Um, but it's mainly the primary job is to unite the church hold the church together because hmm. there's always stuff that is constantly pulling us apart hmm. okay the uh, so focus of unity i'm glad you touched on that that was one of my questions um go ahead everett and then i'll introduce that question well first a joke do you know <laughs> what the difference between god and a bishop is <laughs> what's that god doesn't think he's a bishop <laughs> um, I you know I I do I, not get that joke. You don't get that joke. No. Uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I I heard one time I heard a bishop say that their job is to make sure that heresy is not happening and get out of the way. And I think you know their hmm. their role in. In upholding the faith and teaching of the church is is the central thing that they need to do, um, and 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 then just you know give blessing and permission you know to people to you know to to try things <laughs> to fail. Let's see, to I fail. see a pattern. <laughs> hmm. That's all right. Um, you know, you guys couldn't have touched on what I wanted to because there's one part in the bishop where it says, uh, <clears throat> description, uh, sorry, to guard the faith, unity, and discipline of the whole church. And I didn't quite get that, but now it's, you guys did a great job of explaining that. Um, so, and, and uh, I like that. Uh, if there's no heresies happening, get out of the way. <laughs> so, you know, in our culture, um, and I guess who listens to this podcast, bishop is a little foreign. Bishop's a little alien, if you will, and, and um, in many people's lives, uh, specifically, I guess, in the Protestant community. And so um, what's the purpose that others don't see of that bishop? So, you know, you both came from other d denominations. What, what, what can you tell someone who is either new or just not, not you know, Anglican, Catholic, whatever the bishops reside um, what can you tell them about a bishop that is important? This is very anti-American. It, it will be hard for you to wrap your hand, head around uh, trusting someone 
to be in charge mm. and to be your spiritual shepherd. And if you're a priest, you take a vow of obedience. And we don't like anyone telling us what to do in this country. And in the religious world, especially in the evangelical world that I came from, there are no experts. Uh, everyone can know as much as the pastor or the preacher. Um, their job is just to teach because they have the gift of speaking, you know. Hmm. But but there can be people who know more. And, and when we appoint a bishop, we're assuming that they... Uh, God had a part in it through the church that elected, and so it's a it's a faith thing. Um, there's a reason why we have two thousand denominations in our country. <laughs> so that was that's it's a challenging concept for our our na- people Americans. I think. Hmm. Okay. Good. That's um, yeah, that's that's a great answer, uh, Everett. Add. You know, I uh, I'm gonna lean on uh, Nadia Boltz Weber. Um, she is a oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she's she's Lutheran and and she pushes the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I think that's part of her calling is to, to to say things and ask things that you know I may not always have the guts to say. Um, but 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 she you know she was asked like here you are this you know sort of you know CrossFit tattooed woman who who cusses a lot like why would you be in a tradition that has bishops and she said i need my ego to be kept in check and my bishop can say to me let's think about this for a minute (laughs) and 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 she said so i appreciate having that and i need that and i think particularly for those whose tendency is to push the edge, that's when you really need someone who can sit there and say, hold on. Because what happens is, is you be- begin to believe your own ego mm. uh, and your own uh, prophetic work, um, and you can quickly leave people behind. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great statement. Um what a what a profound way of while being the envelope pusher to still respect the um, authority yet just the need for boundaries. Yeah, um, you know, and I think that's where I think that's where in our tradition the well the tradition comes in play. Um, of looking back and seeing to where the boundaries were pushed and where it failed or didn't and learning from that, you know, history. <laughs> and, um, and so that's very important. Good, good point. Um, so the, you know, the, the thing, especially within, you know, Oklahoma is that the, the bishop is, is, if you hear the word bishop, you're, you immediately think of Catholicism. Um, and at least, I mean, I didn't, as we've said before, we've never even heard of the Episcopal Church before <laughs> I was invited to it. And so, um, you know, what other, I guess, evangelical Protestant people rely on, you know, elders <coughs> and boards, I guess, or, or, you know, like Southern Baptists, what do they have? They have like a, a I don't know, what are the, the association? Is that like a board or something? 
pastor and then board of deacons or something similar that help make decisions. And what's above that? Don't know. <laughs> so they, so so it, you know, for for Baptists, there everything is at the congregational level. Level, okay. And yeah. so you don't, you know, you even though you have like the Southern Baptist um, convention. Um, each congregation can choose to affiliate with that Southern Baptist, you know, group or not. Mm. Okay. And so, so, go ahead. I wanted to say that in the New Testament, presbyter and bishop are interchangeable. Hmm. Um, at least the idea. It's the same thing. And then over time, um, as the church grew, you would have presbyter and bishop became separate. Hmm. So you'd have the kind of the bishop or a few bishops who were kind of making decisions and then presbyters kind of like many bishops out in the parishes uh, doing the work because Originally, bishops did a lot of baptizing, and uh, it became impossible for the bishop to baptize everyone who wanted to be baptized, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it's interesting that presbyter is interchangeable with priest now, but originally it was interchangeable with bishop. And what is, uh, just so you know, we're going to have a second episode because we can't cover priest and deacon <laughs> during this one. So what does presbyter mean, just before we go too far with it? It means elder. Oh, okay. And now in the Book of Common Prayer, it, yeah, as you said, it, it's, it's interchanged or I guess whatever with priest. Right. Um, so something, and I've told this story before, So, um, but something that I appreciate within the um i don't know what to call this the line of authority i don't like using the word authority but what's the correct term for that um the apostolic processus uh whatever <laughs> what do you call it what do you call this role of hierarchy this Historic succession. Historic succession. Okay, thank you. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get to. Okay, good. Succession. Um was that within the within the Episcopal Church, there is a discernment process, right? So if you decide that you are being called to become ordained in any area, um, then you have a year of discernment. Uh, you guys correct me where I'm wrong because I've never done this. Um, and then, but before you even enter into that, I believe, or maybe after you enter into that, your own community comes together. Um, maybe your vestry, your board, if you call it that, um, comes together and offers their thoughts and what prayer, where prayer led them to determine if you should enter into this calling. Does that all sound correct? Yes. Then you go into, um, after that year of discernment, is when you go into the education portion. And so I came from a place of, you know, I'm called, quote fingers, and I can go start a church. Um, and so th there may be more to it than that, but if I just get enough people together and they agree with me, then we can go out and do that. 
I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that it makes sense to me that process of, and you alluded to, um, someone alluded to the bishop ensuring that priests are, you know, what safeguard it is, is meaning they go through certain um, lessons and, and um, that sounds wrong, lessons, but whatever curriculum that ensures they handle relationships appropriately with children and adults and all these things. And that stuff's uber important. <laughs> I yes. mean, look at our look at our world and and uh, what takes place. And so that now just makes sense to me um, in how that happens. Um, what have we not covered in bishop or laity that you wanted to say? I think um, you know. I, I think that that. You know, the, the, the idea about bishop and is that the, the priest is an extension of the bishop's ministry, right? The bishop can't be um, everywhere. And so the order of priest uh, or presbyter came about. Um, it's important to note that in the in, in the New Testament that all of us are priests. Right. Uh, I I have been called at Christ Church to preside over the sacraments, to be responsible for the teaching and the pastoral care um, of those who are members here. Um, everybody who is baptized is a priest. Um, I'm here to to preside and minister the sacraments on behalf of um, the bishop. So our ministry is an extension of the bishop's ministry. Um, which is why, for instance, in, in, in the Episcopal Church, if the bishop shows up, the bishop you know, gets, gets, gets to celebrate at the altar mm. um, in, in, in our tradition. Now, another, you know, like uh, Methodist and Lutheran, prob that's probably not the case. Um, but I just, I, I think it's important to note that the priest is the extension of the, 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 the ministry of the bishop. Mm. Okay. Tom, anything to add? Tom, he may have he's on mute. You on mute? <laughs> Tom's still dealing with construction. Woo! <laughs> or maybe he fell out of his chair. We'll just assume he doesn't have anything left to add. So next episode, um, we will cover priests or presbyter. And also deacon, um, which definitely in our tradition, the deacon is something different from what I knew in an old Baptist, uh, older, whatever, Baptist tradition. So we'll pick that back up. Um, I know this is kind of, this is getting into some weeds on things, but I think it's good to, to kind of discuss these things because I didn't understand them or still maybe not completely. So thank you everyone for listening and may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.